Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I'm your host, Keelia Clarkson. I'm an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. And we want to thank each and every listener who's tuning in today. We are always just so glad to have you with us, and we hope this episode finds you well and maybe curled up with a nice cup of tea. We will be getting to this week's letter in just a few moments, but first, let's get into our pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience that we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? Well, my thorn, at first I was like, what am I going to say for this week? And then it hit me (laughs) this morning. No, 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 no. It's just more of that. It hit me right before we recorded. I I got a migraine this morning. And so I'm feeling a little bit headachey right now. So um, that's all right. We'll make it through. Thankfully, Mm -hmm. I... uh, I'm feeling well enough to do this. And then I'm th- since I'm at home, I can just lie down and take a nap afterward. <laughs> That's great. That's such a blessing. <laughs> uh, yes. And then I would say my rose this week has been having the windows open. Um, we got a couple of nice cooler days these last couple of days, or today, including today. Um, and plus the smoke pollution that we have had lately has finally moved on. I mean, it's mm. been such terrible. Um um, air quality that I've just, you know, I've not even really gone outside for walks. I had to keep the windows closed, things like that. So getting to get outside, walk again, even do some jogging. I just love the fresh air and even just being able to open up the windows, um, get fresh air throughout the house is just wonderful and not fearing Amazing. it getting too hot too. Again, that, that cool weather, it's just, it's really nice. And honestly, I'd be happy if it didn't get warmer than 70 degrees. <laughs> Fahrenheit. I just love, I love kind of that middle, like autumnal weather. Yes. So crisp, crisp, it's nice, delightful. Uh, I love that. <laughs> There's just nothing like fresh air in Colorado. It's true. I mean, honestly. Well, my thorn this week was this weird plumbing incident that we had. Um, so honestly, I know nothing about plumbing. So what I'm about to say might sound very uninformed, but. What I understand is apparently we share our pipes maybe with a couple of other tenants. And so I'd started having trouble with my garbage disposal and it just wasn't draining right. And I thought, okay, well, you know, got to get that figured out, call my building manager, but I wouldn't have time to do that for like a couple of days. And I wasn't going to be able to just be home for a, um, a plumber. And so one morning I wake up and both sinks are just absolutely filled with gross water. Mm. And so I go, okay, that's no good. Got to deal with that today. Um, But it was a busy morning. It was just absolutely the last thing that I needed. So I turn around to get my phone to text my building manager and I start hearing water behind me. 
And I turn around and both sinks are filling up from the bottom. Oh no. And they just start like overflowing onto the counters and the floor and going inside the drawers. And I'm going, what is happening right now? And so I start bailing out water while my husband is on the phone trying to explain the situation to our building manager. And um, meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to finish preparing for a phone interview that I had in 30 minutes. And so it was just one of those mornings when from the moment the day began, it was just chaos. Oh, Oh, that sounds terrible. (laughs) Yeah, it was no fun. Um, But as for my rose this week, at the time that we are recording this, I am in Colorado and I'm about to head up to a beautiful, enormous ranch to film a movie for a week and a half. And my husband has been last year putting together this modern Western called Bright Sky which I am lucky enough to be a part of. And it's finally just a couple of days away. When this episode comes out, we will be in the midst of filming it. And I'm just so proud of him and I'm excited for myself. And I just can't wait to make a movie, which is just one of my very favorite things to do in the world. It'll be a great week. It it will be. It'll be a tiring week, but a great week. All right, so just a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you have been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really helps to boost the podcast, get in front of other people who might enjoy it, get something from it, identify with one of the letters, and make sure to share it with a friend. And lastly, we would love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which covers the subject of learning how to love a child when they are not just like us. Dear Wallflower, I am pregnant with my first and recently found out that I am having a girl. While I would have been happy with either a girl or a boy, I was really excited when I first found out. I instantly imagined having a little girl just like me who'd be my little best friend and everyone would call my mini-me. But as I've continued thinking about my future daughter and talking with my husband, whose personality is very different from mine, I've begun to worry a bit. I'm realizing that I really want her to be like me, but what if she's not? I'd describe myself as relatively introverted and shy, and I'm worried that I'll have a difficult time connecting with her if she's, for example, extroverted and passionate. These aren't bad qualities, but I'm nervous that I'll find it difficult to get her if she's not basically like me. Any advice on navigating this worry and knowing how to offer love and connect with a child that might be nothing like me? Sincerely, an expectant introvert. Jessica, what are your thoughts today? First, congratulations to our writer. How exciting for her to be expecting her first child and to get to anticipate welcoming a little girl. Again, congratulations to her. Mm. Um, And then diving right in, our expectant introvert's concerns are understandable. Any mother would desire to connect deeply with her daughter. And of course, it is natural to fear difficulty in offering love or developing connection. So my initial thoughts are where our writer feels concern and worry I actually see beautiful potential and rich Mm -hmm. opportunity and um, I'll explain 
So while there are certainly opportunities for her and her husband to pass on values unique to their family, and this is the nurture part of formation, there will undeniably be aspects of her daughter's personality that are outside of her control. And that's the nature bit. Mm -hmm. If her daughter does turn out to have a natural disposition or personality quite different from hers, particularly on the extroverted side, what a neat opportunity for our writer to learn about and learn from her daughter. I guess what I'm trying to say is that rather than seeing this as something scary or even bad, I would encourage our writer to get excited. Mm -hmm. I can tell that she's already thrilled to be expecting a little girl who will hopefully grow up to be more than a daughter, also a friend. Just like any friendship or other human relationship, we need to give ourselves in love to the other person, taking them as they are, not forcing them into a mold, discovering how they tick, what enables them to be their best selves, etc., I would also caution our writer against being too concerned about her daughter being just like her. First off, odds are, if she spends a lot of time with you, she will be a lot like you in at least some ways. On the other hand, there are also bound to be ways that she differs from you. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that there are likely to be seasons in her development when she may push back to test boundaries or to test your love and so forth. My advice is not to be overly concerned about how or how much she images you, at least in particular, perhaps more, quote, shallow ways. Rather, place your focus on two life-giving practices that are well worth your effort and attention. So those two life-giving practices being, first, help her develop into the sort of person that you hope her to be in terms of her character and her, her values, et cetera, those things that are shapeable. Mm. And second, love her for who God has uniquely crafted her to be. This will look like doing what is best for her, celebrating who she is, et cetera. Um, just a little side note, I feel like far too many people seem to be attempting to live vicariously through their children these days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and as obvious as they this may seem, um, I think some of us as women may need to remind ourselves that children are not just live dolls. Mm. I know many of us loved playing house as little girls. Um, I wonder how many of us still cling to childhood fantasies when we're in adulthood. We might That's need so to true. be cautious. Yeah, we might need to be cautious of how those childhood fantasies might creep into our adult present and create unrealistic desires or concerns. So I don't need to drag this point out, but I think it's worth mentioning in case that it resonates. Yeah, the image of having a little dolly is so perfect because, I, I yeah, I do think that is something probably specifically women as the, the nurturers, the molders in, in the sense of they carried this child um, and, and they just, even if they adopted their child, they're naturally inclined to nurture their child in a really unique way, right? And I think that's kind of a specific thing that maybe we do have to caution ourselves and, and be careful that we're not treating our child like a, our little dolly that we get to kind of mold after us. That's a mm -hmm. great point. Yeah, yeah. And I can definitely understand the keen desire to hope that um, your daughter will share much in common with you. Um, you know, what a great opportunity to get to bond with her. 
And at the same time, though, there is tremendous opportunity to bond and to grow close, not just in spite of, but even because of difference. Just think of friendships that you already have. Think of your marriage. Are you close to and do you love these people dearly because they are just like you? Likely not. Certainly, our kindred spirit friends and our spouses need to have certain things in common with us, such as shared values, for us to have healthy, strong relationships with them. But it's likely that their personalities are quite different from yours. And this is a good thing. It is a beautiful thing to have the gift of other people in our lives, people with whom we can relate and who also bring things to the table that we ourselves don't have or are not. I also want to address what our writer expresses and her worry that she won't be able to get her daughter if she (laughs) isn't basically like her. Again, consider all the relationships. I wonder, what is our writer's relationship like with her husband? She says that he is a very different personality from her. Um, And what about with her other friends? Which of them would she describe as being basically like her versus not? I completely understand that it can be very difficult to get those that we know and love when they're very different from us, you know, trying to get inside their head, understand their thoughts. Um, Even those with whom we are closest, it could be difficult to do that. But I wonder if considering the other relationships in her life and how she interacts with these people could help her in this area as she is working through this concern. Hmm. While some thoughts that might arise in thinking through such relationships might seem daunting, such as bringing to mind examples where frustration or tension is present with a particular person that you're in relationship with, Mm -hmm. um, that's also marked by stark personality differences, I would imagine that there are also some that can be encouraging. For example, friendships that either despite or even because of difference are still marked by deep, meaningful connection. Mm -hmm. I mean... Some of the most beautiful friendships I myself have had or have witnessed between people, it's been this odd couple thing of how did you two find each other, (laughs) you know? Or like when people will say, oh yeah, you know, I have this friend who's single, you're single, but you know, you you probably won't, you know, get along and and they end up like totally hitting it off. Yeah, exactly. You you can just never predict. Mm -hmm. You never know. I think we tend to make a lot of surfacey judgments too. You know, mm-hmm. whether we make assumptions about people, like what they're like because of something on the outside, you know, more of the external ways that we bring ourselves to the world where there might be the deeper parts of ourselves that are harder harder to mine and harder to understand without knowing someone yeah. better. Absolutely so I true. I think it's, yeah, it's just fair to, to leave space for um, not just getting to know someone better as you get to the depth of who they are, but also becoming surprised at what, um, what beauty there is to mine there. Mm. Like, Oh, I I didn't realize that I would get along so well with an extrovert or someone who was really passionate or fill in the blank. I absolutely love that image of not just accepting and liking them, but what beauty there is to mine. That's such a beautiful illustration of what relationships can be. I, I mm-hmm. absolutely, I'm going to use that one day. I love that. Okay. <laughs> Happy to offer it. <laughs> um, fe- so feeling connected to others doesn't mean that we'll always get them. You know, that's just not always going to be the case, but I think we all grow as individuals and in relationship when we are challenged to learn to see things from another's perspective and to love those who are different from us. So 
not only are we mining deeper to, to find that beauty, but I think we're changed as well because we're challenged to understand and accept and see that beauty of something that is not necessarily inherent to us. Mm-hmm. Finally, let's get down to some brass tacks advice. First, some tips for navigating this worry. I have three tips. Explore, surrender, and embrace. So first, explore. Why is this so concerning? Hmm. And and in light, like thinking through in light of the, the, the points above that I've shared, thinking through those ideas, do you feel that this worry is well-founded? Mm-hmm. So kind of, you know, explore that a bit more, kind of pick it apart, get to the, the heart of your concern. Second, surrender. I would say release the fear. You know, open your hands to let go of the need to control, to feel some kind of control over who your daughter is or who she'll become or how you think that that relationship should unfold. Be willing to receive what comes. And third, embrace. In the meantime, as you await her arrival, practice by embracing the relationships you already have and embrace learning how to or paying attention to how you already love and connect with others who are different from you. Then when you hold your daughter in your arms and watch her grow, both embrace the responsibility to form her as a member of your family, so in terms of what values you espouse, etc., and embrace the responsibility to get to know her for who she is as mm. she begins to differentiate and express her own unique personality. Next, then, some tips for offering love and connecting with your daughter, no matter what she is like. Not being a mother, I cannot speak from experience, but being a person who is in relationship with others in the world, I can at least say, practice and take each moment as it comes. Your daughter will change over time, and yet she will always be the same person. So there will be things that will be consistent, and there will be things that will shift with life seasons or stages of development. You may have seasons in life in which the two of you are inseparable. I hope so. That will be lovely. (laughs) Conversely, there may be a time when she wants to push you away. I pray this is not the case, but I know that many parents go through times when their kiddos are coming into their own. And for one reason or a slew of reasons, the child ends up pushing back in some way, even if for a brief time. I would say, love her through thick and thin through the ups and downs. Don't resent her for going through natural development stages of differentiation. That's Mm -hmm. important. You know, she needs to become her own person Mm -hmm. in order to survive in the world. Support her in this and guide her to grow into making the most of her strengths for the glory of God and the good of others. Also keep in mind that she doesn't exist to be a reflection or extension of you. Mm -hmm. Don't let your own self-worth get wrapped up in how similar she is to you or not, how close the two of you may be in any given season of her life, etc. Remember that you are each children of God and beloved. As important as your relationship will be, neither of your worth is determined by the others or Mm. who the other is. So to our expectant introvert, I pray that in this season of preparation, your heart would also be prepared to welcome and love your daughter as she is and to celebrate uniquely who she is, all the while fostering her growth into the best version of herself. I pray that you'll have a special bond as mother and daughter no matter what her personality is like. 
and that you'll find you also grow and develop for the better along the beautiful journey. Wonderful thoughts. Um, yeah, this is such an interesting question to me because if I'm honest, I myself have also had this worry of what if I don't understand my own child because they're just nothing like me hmm. um, to the point where I have tried to kind of start preparing myself to, if I have a daughter, because I think this is especially true of women having daughters. Um, and I'm sure with men having sons, it's like mm-hmm. this, but um, to go like, you know what? She might be completely different <laughs> from me. We might have so like few character qualities in common. And I, and I kind of, I'm trying to prepare myself for that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and interestingly, I've, I've also seen a few friends and acquaintances do this where they just tell everybody, oh, they're, they're going to be just like me. They're going to be just like me. And their baby arrives and they just couldn't be more different. Wow. You know, and I think it's natural to hope, um, especially when you find out that your baby is the same sex as you, that they will be a carbon copy, um, that they'll instantly be your best friend, that, you know, you're going to be the real life Lorelai and Rory. Um, I completely understand these <laughs> desires, you know, but how, however, Lorelai and Rory are actually kind of different, but you know, so let that be maybe an encouragement. Yeah. Um, but that being said, our, I'm, I'm glad that our writer is beginning to have, you know, second thoughts about this desire. And, um, ultimately it is not something that she can expect, you know, the way that her daughter turns out, as Jessica said, yes, there's some, you know, some nurture, but there's also quite a bit of nature thrown in there. And she can't know what kind of personality that her daughter is going to have. She can't um, control it. And she can't place expectations on something that she honestly doesn't have control over. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because having these expectations will most likely lead to them not being totally satisfied. And then one day her child feeling like she's done something wrong or even worse than that, that who she is is inherently wrong. Like I had this friend that grew up close with her mom and she said that, you know, she felt like her relationship with her mom relied on her being exactly like her mom, Mm. on sharing all of her opinions, et cetera. And so any closeness that she had with her or a connection that, that they shared felt conditional because it felt like if she didn't conform to fit into her mom's standards, she wouldn't receive the, the connection that she so deeply needed from her mom. Um, and that's just so hard on a kid to feel like if I don't alter myself and my personality, I will not be given love. It's so helpful to see it from the child's perspective Mm -hmm. as much as we want to identify with the mother here and say, we understand these desires. Here's how to maybe manage those expectations. I think, I think seeing it from the child's perspective helps to bring further understanding and a growing empathy, even before she knows who this child is going to be recognizing, Mm -hmm. oh, I, I don't want to, I don't want to put my child in a box. I don't want her to feel like. I'm expecting something of her that she's not able to fulfill, et cetera. I think that's really yeah. helpful perspective to bring. Yeah. I, yeah. You, you never want your child to feel like, oh, so I have to change in order to be loved by mom. Mm. Um, 
so that, yeah, that's just a, a thought. But uh, with that being said, it certainly seems like our writer does want to do her best to love her child. And so yeah. I think that's just such an amazing thing that our writer is starting to ask herself, okay, how do I love this child? What if my daughter doesn't end up being anything like me? What if her personality is something that I haven't experienced before? Or maybe even I hold some prejudice against, you know, I, like I, I used to not like extroverts, you know, cause, cause I had like, I didn't, I hadn't really, or maybe I had just experienced, you know, the bad like areas or people of extroverts, but I didn't have any real experience with extroverts. And so I didn't, I, I didn't know what that really meant, you know? Yeah. So yeah. she's asking herself, how do I still offer her love? Um, I think it could be helpful for a writer and Jessica said this, um, to see the possibility of her daughter being totally different from her as a positive opportunity and not as something that is against her or against her desires. Um, it does not have to be cause for worry because her daughter's unique personality is something that she has been called to love and to celebrate and to help her daughter discover through loving encouragement. And it's an opportunity for a writer to grow and to relate to someone totally different from her and to connect on a deep level with her daughter because she is her daughter. As an introvert myself, I understand the desire to have fellow introverts. Um, but I will also say now extroverts, the, the extroverts that I have in my life are some of the best people that I know. And I'm so glad that I have people who could not be more different from me in my life. And I've grown so much and I'm still myself. I'm still Kelia, but I've grown so much by having people who are entirely different from me in my life. And I thought, um, you know, at the end of uh, what you were saying, Jessica, about when you said, you know, explore, why is this a worry for you? I, that's such an important thing I think to cover because I, I think that our writer needs to explore what is missing maybe in her life that she's having this worry because this is not, I, I've seen this worry happen for other women, but it's not something that I've seen with every expectant mother. And so I think it would be good for her to search through her life and maybe ask herself, why is it that I, like kind of need my daughter to turn out like me? Like, why am I feeling like I need that? Is it maybe because I haven't cultivated deep friendships yet? And maybe I need to find friends that can be those kind of kindred spirit friends for me. Mm -hmm. I need to find other individuals that are like me. So I don't place that expectation on someone that was never going to be able to fill it, fulfill it necessarily. Um, so that's just a thought. Explore why this is a unique worry for you because I don't think it's everybody that has this worry. Yeah. Um, so how can she offer her daughter love if it turns out that she's extroverted and passionate as she wrote? Well, she can choose to be her best friend, to tell her, I love who you are. I love that you are friendly and fun. Kids really, really, really need to hear from their caretaker these positive words that they can associate with themselves. They really need to begin to understand their identity in a positive light and in a light that was 
um, encouraging them to be who they naturally are. Another thought I had as I put my notes together was you and your daughter may have really different needs. So it's important that she doesn't feel like her needs aren't valid or they are wrong and she shouldn't ask for them. So as introverts, obviously we like alone time, quiet time, right? Well, her daughter's needs might include being socially stimulated pretty often or talking through her thoughts, you know, verbally processing pretty often, um, being paid a lot of attention to or having quality time with her mom. So I think it's important Obviously, this, this will come, you know, further down the line as her daughter's personality emerges and she's no longer a little baby. Um, I think it's important to zero in on the needs that your child might have that you yourself don't really necessarily have. And because you don't share these unique needs, you may not have recognized that if you didn't make a concerted effort to notice them, you may not have yes. recognized them. Yes. Or sometimes we can even dismiss them. We might think, oh, like, this, this can't be that important. Or you think, yeah. get, get over it or whatever. It's like, well, I had an experience the other day, a couple of weeks ago, maybe at work where I just felt really the need to like withdraw. I felt like there was just too many people <laughs> in the office space. I needed to just like go get alone for a while. And I thought about one of my coworkers. I'm like, I think he maybe needed to be among us all, like in that group of people, just as much as I needed to withdraw. Like at first I thought, why, why is everybody around? Like, why can't I just be alone? And I thought, gosh, maybe for the extroverts around me, the need to be around people is just as strong as my need to withdraw. And it it was like this light bulb moment. I thought, oh, I can't just assume that their needs are lesser than mine. They're just different, right? Exactly. Invalid. They're just different. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's just saying like, well, why does a dog eat dog food? I don't eat dog food. It's like, well, because they're a dog, <laughs> because they're different from you. <laughs> they have different needs. Um, yes, it, it's, it's a lot like that. And so, yeah, I think it's just a good thing to think about, okay, what do I not necessarily need that my child might really need? And this falls in with, you know, understanding all of the, the five love languages and going through, okay, what are my love languages? What might her love languages be? Hmm. Um, you know, for me, gifts, that's one that doesn't really come to mind if I'm completely honest. And if I have a child whose love language is that, I'm going to have to learn how to speak that. Hmm. So just a thought. Um, but with all of that being said, um, however her daughter's personality turns out, I think our writer is on the right track and her heart and intent intentions are in the right direction. And I pray that she found something um, helpful in what we said and that the bond that she is able to create with her daughter is one that will last all her lifetime and they will both just treasure deeply. Hmm. All right. So it is time for the May We Suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that made us really happy to be alive. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? I'd like to suggest or recommend the music of Runar Blesvik, a composer, producer, and pianist based in Oslo, Norway. 
His albums and EPs on Spotify are ambient and ethereal. They're just a, a lovely um, instrumental accompaniment to writing or reading, or perhaps even just sipping tea and pondering life. <laughs> they just kind of <laughs> have that that vibe to them. They're very chill. And uh, I've starred a couple of them already. I, just, I, I find myself I'm working and then I, I'm like, Oh, oh, that's really beautiful. You know, <laughs> like, it, it, I mean, I, I don't feel like it's distracting. It's more just that I want to make sure that I like, oh, I want to like highlight that song as something I want to return to, but they just mm. really beautiful. I've really enjoyed checking out his music this last week. So it's sufficiently beautiful that you feel like it really creates a nice, um, you know, ambiance, but oh, yes. not so much that it keeps you from doing your work. Exactly. I'm not sitting there like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, every every line of 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 the cello, you know, it's it's like it's just this kind of it's mostly I think it's mostly piano ambient kind of background. Love that. I love that. I'm always looking for more of those. Well, this week I'm suggesting the audible version of Pride and Prejudice. Of course, this is just a classic. I'm sure many, many of our readers have read it before. But I think it's just one of those stories that you can always revisit and you will get something new from it. So I recently started listening to the Audible version. That's, um, I forgot who performs it, but it's the version that's included with Audible. And I'm really, really enjoying it. And the performance is just great. And it's fun to turn it on as I'm going about my day. And honestly, it's it's one of those books that you're like, oh, well, I've read it. You know, I don't need to. And, and I'm going... I, I can't believe I don't remember this at all. And so it feels like listening to it, you know, quote unquote, reading it um, for the first time in many ways, even though I'm also very, very, um, you know, well-versed in this story also through the, um, the 1995 movie version. Mm-hmm. Just, just yeah. And there, there's so much that's very <laughs> accurate that, that the film represents in that way that the 95 yeah. film represents, but then there are also little bits of, of um dialogue that they leave out or just little details that mm-hmm. you know because Jane Austen is narrating and it's mm-hmm. not being shown to you on, on a screen I, I just love seeing how she describes like their faces and the oh, environment yeah. and and how like the characters are thinking about what they're hearing it's just so rich oh yes it, there's a reason all of these many 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 years <laughs> later everyone is just still just as yes. taken with Jane Austen so if you're an audible person, go ahead and check that out. It's just so fun. All right. To wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com, on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder, and my new Substack at jessicajschroeder.substack.com. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.